Hey everyone, and welcome to the Filling the Frame Photography Podcast. On this episode, we have Aiden Clemenko. Hope you enjoy. Awesome. I'm sorry it took so long to finally connect. It's been very busy on this end. Yeah, no worries about it. I totally tell if you wanna, um, if yeah, if you wanna start it off by uh, telling me, or yeah, telling us what what's going on, what's uh, what's coming up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so uh, I am. My girlfriend and I are uh, taking off for a six month road trip through South America, uh, leaving tomorrow. It's been um, a long time in the works. Uh, I actually have a a vehicle that is stuck in um, South or has been stuck in South America for the last two and a half years. I was um, starting a photographic journey through South America on my own before the pandemic. I had mm-hmm. a, a land cruiser that I had filled with film and chemistry and was planning on spending a year or two just kind of traveling, photographing and uh, developing there on the road. Um, but the pandemic hit. I got stuck in Ecuador for an extended period of time, Um, and uh, um, now we are finally kind of picking up where I left off um, two and a half years ago, uh, which is super exciting. So we've got our bags packed, uh, just got the notice to check in for our flight, which is terrifying and exciting all at the same time, Yeah. and uh, stepping off tomorrow. So, so when the pandemic happened, that kind of cut what you're doing and you're just kind of like trying to figure out a way just like to get back, back to family and stuff. Yeah. Well, kind of, I, uh, you know, okay. So, um, I got to Ecuador. Uh, well, first off, I, I have a, a longstanding history with Ecuador. I lived in Ecuador with my family when I was 10 years old oh, okay. uh, for like a year and a half. Um, and kept going back, uh, over the years to keep in touch with Ecuadorian friends that I had made and to further explore the country. Uh, and I really kind of just fell in love with Latin American culture, Andean culture, um, and that area. Um, so Mm -hmm. I, I, I know Ecuador pretty well. Um, uh, right before the pandemic, when I was traveling, I shipped my vehicle from Texas to, uh, Cartagena, Colombia. And okay. started driving south. Um, I was about a month in before the pandemic hit, uh, and I got to Ecuador the day they closed their borders. Um, wow! So uh, I was stuck in Ecuador, which um, I think would be a more, would be a more scary thing if I didn't already have a you know solid foundation of friends and a yeah. you know pretty good understanding of the country and a lot of history there. Yeah, completely. There. Um, with all that stuff, it actually ended up not being so bad. Um, I ended up living with a friend and his family, uh, up in the mountains. They kind of got, they kind of got kicked out of the city. They couldn't afford their apartment anymore. Everyone had to close their businesses. The country really kind of just shut down. Uh, Uh the borders closed, which meant that I wasn't able to get in and out. Um, the roads were closed, you know, they didn't allow people to drive around, um, it was really, it really froze. Uh, so we, um, they couldn't afford rent and went up into the mountains into a little plot of land where they had a little cottage on a dairy farm. Uh, and they invited me to uh, bring my camper up there and park next to their house and uh, live the slow life with them. So uh, we did that for months and it was actually pretty idyllic. It was, it was interesting. Uh-huh. It was probably similar to a lot of people's situations in that there was a lot of newfound 
uh, joy in, you know, having extended period of time, but then, or just extended time on your hands, but then also, uh, you know, kind of terrifying seeing all of this death and uh, all of this horrible things happening around you. Ecuador got hit pretty hard with the pandemic, uh, so okay. we were seeing a lot of uh, news reports and uh, really just kind of graphic imagery, and uh, that was yeah. scary, but also it was it was interesting being, you know, in this place and being forced to slow down uh, and kind of just enjoy where you are or make the best of whatever situation you're in, which, like I said, is probably similar to everybody. Yeah, um, completely. But I had this truck full of film uh, and had nothing else to do, so I photographed uh, this family um, and kind of their transition from life in the city uh diego and susie are about my age and they have three very young children um, at the time uh it was ramon one and a half rebecca three years old and um, barbara uh, five years old so a lot of wow. really young kid energy which was oh, yeah. um, fun and exhausting to be around but to kind of pass my time i i photographed you know all day kind of just the ins and outs of what it was like for them to all of a sudden be up in the countryside, have time on their hands, have time with their kids for really the first time, you know, they're a working family. So they'd have to spend most of their days working and the kids would have to be in daycare all day or, you know, now all of a sudden things were completely different. These kids never really been outside before, you know, or at least for long periods of time, weren't able to really run free like they were up there. And, and it yeah. gave me something to uh, do, you know, I would photograph every day and then all of a sudden I'd have, handful of rolls to process and scan and do it all over again and um when i came home i i when i finally did make it home i realized i had a pretty sweet little body of work uh, so i uh, put that together uh, into a book which i am just coming out with uh in the next few months which is super exciting i've never i've never done a photo book before so yeah um, oh, that's so awesome yeah super exciting it's, it's sweet it's so cool to to you know get get images off the screen and into your hands um, and Completely. also sequence images. I think that our relationship with imagery these days is, I mean, mainly, uh, well, almost hundred percent online. And then on top of that, almost you know, the majority of it probably is Instagram where we see one picture or, you know, a small handful of pictures sewn together, but we are really, it, we're only interacting with them for, uh, fractions of a second before we move on to something that's so completely different that it forces us to almost forget about what we had, what we had just seen. Uh, whereas the book is, you know, it forces you to sit down with, with a series of images, with a body of work and to, uh, to interact with that work. Um, it, you know, it requires the viewer to, to string things together, to use their heads to, I don't know, to, to, to really think about the images that they're being presented and, that's a fun thing, uh, really fun thing to to see come to life. So super excited about that. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it just seems like, like, how was the weather when you were out there? You know, was it like kind of, was it a tough you know, stay or was it kind I was, of? No, it, was, it wasn't too bad. I was, uh, I was outside of Quito, the capital, uh, up in the mountains, uh, at the mm -hmm. base of the Cotopaxi Mountain, which was gorgeous. Um, being, being the Andes, uh, the weather was you know, at, at one point it's hot and sunny and then it clouds over in 10 minutes and then it's rainy and cloudy. Uh, so it really changes quickly. Uh, there, there was a good, I feel like two weeks where it just rained the whole time. Mm -hmm. And that was a little tough. You know, I'm just in my camper. Uh, like the, the camper is great because it allows you to be, you know, very 
um, in touch with where you are because you can't spend all your time inside this small little space. It really pushes you out. But when, mm -hmm. when it's raining and cloudy and, you know, you can't really go outside, then you're kind of stuck in your little zone. Um, so a lot of, a lot of isolation time, um, in there. It was sometimes it was either that or being in the little cottage with three wailing children. <laughs> oh yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But that was, that was cool. That was, that was fun. Um, I was there for, let's see, I think three and a half months, something like that, four months. Uh, and then, uh, I, I was kind of planning on staying, you know, I was like, this is great. I am happy to ride the pandemic out here. Um, mm -hmm. I have a comfortable vehicle. I'm, you know, happy, uh, but, um, and I wasn't feeling very homesick, you know, it was, I was around friends and it was a country that I was familiar with. And, uh, I don't know, it, it just didn't, it, I didn't feel, you know, uh, so far away until George Floyd is murdered. I'm from Minneapolis and, oh, okay. uh, all of a sudden, um, the city was, you know, on fire. Uh, it was yeah. kind of crazy to see, um, from so far away. And I felt in you know overnight just i felt like a million miles away uh yeah and i wanted to be home i wanted to support my community um support the black lives matter movement and as a photographer i wanted to you know document uh these streets that i had you know literally grown up on i my, my the house i grew up on where my parents still live uh is you know, probably two miles away from cup foods where he was killed so it was very very close okay. um yeah and uh, at that point, there was still no flights home, um, only repatriation flights, which cost, I don't know, there were thousands and thousands of dollars. And uh, so all of a sudden I felt stuck, uh, but it didn't last long. Um, they did finally open up uh, uh, flights home. The border, the land borders remained closed up until this year. So my vehicle has been stuck in South America for the last two and a half years without any way of getting it out. But I was able to Jeez. fly in and out, uh, which was nice. So I came home um, and uh, actually pretty quickly after coming home, met my girlfriend uh, okay. who was also home. She, she lives uh, in LA. Uh, we, mm -hmm. actually, we both live in LA now. Um, but she, she was living here, went home uh, kind of right when I did for the same reasons and, um, we met each other on hinge of all places. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, our, what, what, in, what we meant to have, I think both of us were intending on being home for, you know, two weeks or so, check in with everybody, uh, do some protesting and then, um, you know, head back. But after meeting each other, uh, we ended up staying in Minnesota for a solid five months, uh, kind wow. of, uh, falling in love and feeling things out and, that was great. That was awesome. I ended up moving down to LA. Uh, I've been mm -hmm. here for the last two years. Um, and I've convinced her to pack her bags along with mine and head on down with me. So, um, two years later and picking up where I left off, but with, you know, a partner to do it with, which is super exciting. Well, yeah. And I can see like, I can by your Instagram and stuff that you guys have done a bunch of mini trips, you know, yeah, kinda totally doing this camping. And I think that's, that's actually like where I found you was um, with your little or your red Toyota four by four with a little camper. Yeah. And yeah, I, just, I, uh... I just came across you one day and I was just like, I work at a little off road company. And so we do oh, nice. a lot of stuff. And I think, I don't know if like, do you know, like GFC go fast campers? Yeah. I went to school like, in Bozeman, Montana, which is where they're out of. Uh, so. Exactly. Like we do yeah. a lot of cool stuff with them. Um, cool. but like, and I think it was just something that like led me to your profile 
And I yeah. just like yeah. instantly was just like, oh my gosh, I got to talk to this guy. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's awesome. I love to hear that. That, that truck was awesome. I got that truck, um, as kind of like, uh, okay, my only vehicle is this, uh, admittedly very cool land cruiser camper, uh, that's mm-hmm. in South America, but I was home and I was like, okay, well, I need, I'm going to need something while I'm here. Uh, yeah. so I got a, I was, I've kind of had fallen in love at that point with, uh, eighties, um, Toyota pickups and found one. Uh, I mean, the, the prices of those things are skyrocketing. Uh, oh, and I completely. Think I, they were already going up when I was looking, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But I got one for less than they're going for now, um, which which is good because they are going for quite a bit. But anyways, I got that, uh, kind of fixed it up a little bit and put a little camper on it, um, built a little uh shelf system out so that we could you know i mean by no means a full-on camper it was kind of uh a bed with some drawers underneath it on wheels um but it was cute it was fun i absolutely loved it uh didn't go fast that's fine um it got us to where we wanted to go and uh i i recently sold it i apprehensively uh to fund uh I, well this trip that we're doing now um yeah i've recently just spent my whole savings on film and uh if i hope to have any money left over to actually do some traveling then i needed to make some sacrifices that one along with my Hasselblad being some of them but hey yeah, yeah. that's uh <laughs> that's how it goes these days especially with the cost of film so yeah seriously uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah no that that camper or that, that little truck was awesome and I'll, I'll build something in the future uh I, I, w- I would love to what i would really love to do is find um internationally they have uh that second gen pickup uh with a uh, not even just the extra cab little extra bit of space but a full-on uh double cab with a door mm-hmm. and, you know actual seats behind it they never never sold them here in the states but they have them down in mexico and uh and further south uh, but it's I would like love the Helix, to, to right? Get... Yeah, it's it's a Hilux. Yeah, it's just a, it's yeah, just Hilux. a double cab Hilux. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, throw a throw a go fast on the back of that. Um, both of when I had when I had those, you know, um, the red one and the white one are both amazing little campers, but they only fit uh, two people max. Yeah, um, which is fine and usually great, uh, but. If I want to have um, some friends come along, or my brother, or you know, my, I've never, I've never done any of this stuff with you know, my mom and my dad. I'd love to share some of that with them, and so yeah. being able to bring extra people would be awesome. Um, so maybe when I come back from this trip, I'll, I'll build something else. But I, I, I would love a go fast situation. They look awesome. They look convenient. They look sturdy. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems cool. It seems like yeah, they good. they pretty much just made a new shell that they put a truck on top of. I saw that. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah, sweet. pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. So. so I guess uh, let's take it back to the beginning. And, uh, sure. Yeah, so you said you were uh, like born and raised in Minneapolis? Yep, born and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yep, exactly. And then and like, I, uh, let's see. What I, kind I, of... I was, I was in Minneapolis, fell in love with filmmaking, uh, making movies with my friends and stuff like that. And then, you know, come uh, end of high school, people are starting to ask you, what are you interested in? What do you want to do? And at that point, I was like, well, I guess I like making movies. So I figured, hey, why not go to film school? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
in film school, we were required to take photo classes in the dark room, and I just, I, I did graduate with a degree in film, but I tacked on a degree in photography as well because I just completely fell in love with photography uh, yeah. right away. And um, and ever since then, I've really gravitated more towards photography. I still love filmmaking. It's such a powerful medium. It's, you know, the payoff, I think, can more often be uh, more profound. Um not to say that photography can't, especially in series form, whether it be a book or a show or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know, just adding adding music and movement to to something can really do a lot, and that's that's a really fun thing. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, I, I've I've really fallen in love with photography, and it's been just a really fun way of exploring the world. You know, having something to to focus on while traveling and. Um, a reason to travel and um, all of that is it's been a fun journey uh, so I let's say I went to school in Montana um, in Bozeman uh, oh, okay studied film and photography and then after after college uh, I kind of found myself I was valeting vehicles uh, at a ski resort um, mm -hmm. which was fun but I wasn't really moving in any awesome directions I wasn't really using the photo skills that I had just learned, the film schools, skills I just learned. Um, so I wanted to, uh, I don't know, I wanted to find a way of flexing all those um, academic muscles that I just, you know, uh, spent all these years learning. Uh, so I, I got some friends together. We bought an old Volkswagen van, filled it with mm -hmm. film and chemistry, and uh, we drove down to South America, uh, intending yeah. uh, that time to drive all the way down to the bottom um, but, uh, we, our vehicle, our vehicle blew up, our engine died on the border of Colombia and Ecuador. Uh, wow. so, uh, kind of ended up stopping there, coming home, working, trying to, you know, get that going, but just, uh, kept running into financial issues, vehicle always breaking down, uh, so mm -hmm. I ended up selling that, selling that, um, Volkswagen and finally got this Land Cruiser and tried it again and really actually kind of made it to the exact same spot that I made it last time. Okay. Uh, Ecuador, um, which is great. Uh, but now, now I'm finally, uh, hopefully going to have the opportunity to explore beyond Ecuador and realize this, uh, dream of getting to the bottom of South America that, you know, I have been dreaming since, uh, graduating, you know, it's a yeah. 10 years ago now. So yeah. I'm excited to, <laughs> Excited to do that, but uh, that's that's kind of the short history, the the gist of um, uh, just the stuff. There's some cool jobs in between there, uh, kind of just I I guess I was all that time since since um, since leaving on that first trip to South America uh, after college with my friends, uh, I was living on the road. So uh, it was like seven years of living uh, out of vehicles, yeah. um, trying to. Uh, trying to get down to South America, trying to get to the bottom. Um, the, the whole idea was, you know, if I am not paying rent, then I can focus on, um, focus on my work, you know, focus on doing projects that may, maybe don't pay quite as well, but, um, are more interesting or might build a cooler portfolio or might lead to something else that is, you know, hopefully high paying, um, you know, not, not having to be bound by, uh, the restrictions of, having a heavy monthly uh, rent um, 
cost, then you know, uh, be more flexible. Uh, that, yeah, completely. That that in theory was was great. Uh, had I not chosen to travel in a vehicle that cost more than rent to repair every month. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up spending that money one way or another, but, uh, but yeah, I was on the road and, um, yeah, it was, it was a fun, fun adventure, a fun way of exploring, um, what type of photography I, you know, want to do. And, uh, uh-huh. um, I don't really know if I've answered that question for myself yet, but I've definitely been able to explore a lot of different, uh, things and, um, and that's been great. That's been, I think, super beneficial for me. So, um, yeah. What kind of like what kind of jobs were you doing to be able to pay for this type of, I guess, type of lifestyle and type of goal? You know, like put point you in. It the... was, you know, it was a lot of just freelance, which is meant kind of a little bit of everything. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I had a lucky break. Um, uh, after our engine blew up in Ecuador, um, I was traveling with two friends from college and my girlfriend at the time. Uh, and my two friends from school, uh, went back home, um, and I fixed the engine. My girlfriend and I stayed down there. I fixed the engine. Um, and at that point we were super broke. We didn't have any money, couldn't afford to continue traveling. And someone, uh, one of our friends forwarded us a Facebook post for a job um, that was like, it was Backpacker Magazine, and mm-hmm. it was one of those jobs that you get, you see passed around. It has like, I don't know, 30,000 likes and 12,000 comments on it or whatever. It was it was called the best job ever, uh, and they were looking for uh, two people to travel around the national parks for a year, uh, paid with all new gear and all the camping stuff that you'd ever want and all that. Mm -hmm. We were like, wow, that sounds freaking. All right, back. Yeah. So we're going on with, um, I totally remember the ad that it was or not ad, but like the, the little competition to try to get that. Oh yeah. You remember that, huh? It was, it was a thing that it was, it went around and like, um, I, uh, I don't know. We were, we, uh, I remember the application being like, uh, a 30 or a 15 second video about where your favorite place was. It wasn't even a 30 second video. It wasn't a minute. It was a 15 second video of where your favorite place is and why. And then a 100 word answer to the same question, I think, or maybe it was a different, I can't remember, but it really (laughs) didn't give you much to to work with. And so, um, we had, we were in a fortunate position in that we were, uh, in the middle of this where we had awesome content. We were filming stuff. We were, we put out a little tiny, uh, web series. Uh, we were photographing people. We were photographing ourselves. Um, we were already living on the road, uh, all of this stuff. And so we kind of fit the bill for what they were already looking for. Mm-hmm. And we were pretty much, you know, we were just like, look, we're doing it. And, uh, we don't even have to prove that we can, you know, it's like, or that that we could, we could theoretically, here it is, you know? Um, and so, uh, we ended up getting it, which was really cool because that kind of validated the whole point of the trip in the first place. The point was to build a portfolio that led to something cool. So to have, to have that portfolio immediately, uh, lead to something awesome was, uh, you know, a really, it was just a great feeling, you know? Yeah, Um, completely. Uh, so we came 
we, I remember we, uh, we just finished fixing our, we spent five months fixing this engine. We had to rebuild it completely, uh, take apart the short block down to the bearings, uh, have parts sent from the United States because there wasn't parts for this engine down there. It, was, it took forever. Uh, yeah. finally got it up and running. Uh, and we ended up getting this gig and they're like, okay, cool. We'll see you in Denver in two weeks. And we were like, oh shit. Uh, so we had to figure out how to ship the van back home and, you know, we, we were, we were kind of mentally like, uh, we're going to be in it until the bottom of South America. Uh, we're not sure how we're going to pay for it, but you know, we'll figure it out so yeah. all of a sudden within a few days, um, you know, headed home. Um, so we came back and, uh, did, uh, this project for backpacker where we traveled around, the uh, United States, um, national park to national park, living out of a tent uh, for uh, it was like nine and a half months, something like that. It was, it was wow. a long time, um, a long time to be living out of a tent, especially oh, after coming off of a year of, uh, you know, traveling South America. It ended up being too much for our relationship. My girlfriend and I broke up. Uh, I want I wanted to keep traveling, uh, and she wanted to she was done with it mm -hmm. uh, which is understandable um so uh i continued on the road uh i used the money that i had gotten from uh that uh project i sold the van that i went down in south america with the first time and bought a, a four-wheel drive version which was really honestly uh where i went wrong had i stuck with that vehicle i probably would have made it down in south america years ago uh -huh. And, uh, you know, it'd be a different story, but, um, I bought a shitty four wheel drive, uh, van again and, uh, spent three and a half years trying to get it road ready or at least South America ready. And I got, I got to the point where I, I was like, okay, I'm leaving. I had a goodbye party and everything. And I crossed uh -huh. into Mexico, went down to Baja a week later, I blew a turbo. And, uh, at that point it was like my 10th turbo that I'd blown in the last, like, I don't know two and a half years dealing with this engine. So I was just Jeez. like, okay, this is obviously not going to ever work. So, uh, a week into my trip, I turned around, head home and sold the vehicle. Uh, um, but anyways, I, I, that's a tangent. Um, that was one, that was the first job. Uh, and that led to some other cool stuff. Um, I don't know, it was, it was freelance, you know? So I was yeah. Kind of uh, meeting people on the road, a lot of kind of like outdoor uh, commercial stuff, you know, people wanting um, content of their gear being used, uh, camping in the mountains, hiking, um, stuff like that. So a lot of camping supplies, um, uh, athletic clothing, stuff like that, uh, which was fun. Uh, it was not ever high paying stuff, but again, I was living out of my vehicle and um I didn't really care, you know? Yeah. Yes, of course, it would be awesome to be making a shit ton of money. Um, but uh, I, you know, I feel like if there's one part of the uh, photographic world that uh, I could definitely use some, uh, some improvement on is the business side of it. My, uh, my program in school did a great job teaching me all the technical aspects of creating a beautiful image, uh, mm -hmm. but they didn't do a great job of, uh, preparing me for the business world of how to, you know, sell yourself as a photographer, how to be a photographer and make money doing it, which is, yeah. uh, 
a more huge important, piece. I would say, than the actual, you know, taking the picture. It doesn't really matter if you can take a pretty picture if you can't really afford to do it, you know. If you can't afford to do it, then you're not going to do it. Uh, so you have to first be able to, you know, uh, get out what you're putting in, at the very least. <laughs> I feel like I'm still struggling at that. I, I'm always spending so much money on film and on developing and all this stuff. I'm, I'm doing better now, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, it has been a slow process. Um but a fun one. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. So, um, so was it just the, like your schooling or like what drew you to stick more with film than with upgrading digital? I wouldn't yeah, say that upgrading, was, but I would mean right, right. like, sure. No, I, I, shot a lot of, I shot a lot of digital. I still shoot a lot of digital, uh, but it was definitely a school that um, got me on the film uh, path. Um, Let's see, I was a sophomore, uh, and I took a semester off to uh, travel, uh, you guessed it, South America, Mm -hmm. um, for, I don't know, six months backpacking around. Um, And I went down there with a 5D Mark II, uh, you know, some sick lenses, Uh, had a pretty good setup. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, three months into my six months, or actually, I think a month into the six months, it got stolen. Everything got stolen. My hard drive, camera, everything, um, which was devastating. You know, it sucked. Yeah. Um, but uh, I still had, you know, five months left uh, of this trip. And halfway through, I had some friends coming down. Uh, and so I photographed my phone for, you know, solid six weeks. And then... Um, they ended up bringing down uh, a bunch of film and a film camera for me. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to switch systems when you're invested into, uh, you know, the Canon ecosystem, the Sony ecosystem, whatever uh-huh. it is. Uh, it's hard to switch out once you're in. Uh, uh-huh. And if there was any silver lining to having all of my gear stolen, it was that uh, I could kind of make a fresh start. I ended up, I get, I, I had some of it insured through, I think, uh, renter's insurance. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that I had probably kind of came, I had, maybe they gave me 4,000 bucks, something like that. I, I can't remember. It was such a long time ago, but anyways, I, um, sent an email out to, uh, the students of, uh, my, uh, you know, my, my classmates saying, Hey, it's Aiden. I'm here in South America. This is, you know, before Instagram, uh, mm-hmm. and all that. And uh, I said, does anybody have any used camera gear they're trying to get rid of? I'm, you know, in a bind and uh, I'm kind of just looking for anything curious to see what you got. And um, my, one of my teachers um, uh, was like, you know, I've got this Mamiya 7 uh, Mark II that uh, is a beautiful camera. I love it. You can't yeah. have it, but I would lend <laughs> it to you. Yeah. Uh, which was very, you know, very kind and very trusting of uh, looking back, you know, I'm like an irresponsible 22 year old who, mind you, just got all of his stuff stolen. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Or maybe 20 year old. I can't even remember how old I was. But anyways, he lent me that. And so I spent that money on film and um, I had been shooting film in school uh, as, you know, requirements for assignments and whatnot. I think our first two years of the photo program is film only. And then after that, you can choose digital or film uh, for your assignments. Um, but, you know, I, I was two years in, so I'd been shooting a lot of film and yeah. had a pretty good understanding. Um, but uh, I had never really done 
too much color stuff and this is also a brand new camera to me i never shot it before so and and there's there's no film processing down at least at least at that point it was very very hard to find uh good film processing let alone medium format film processing uh-huh. which is why i've always opted to bring my own chemistry down uh, yeah um but anyways i i had i think probably 250 rolls of film and uh a camera that i'd never used never tested i just kind of shot it all hoping that i was doing it right and uh, it all turned it turned out pretty well i was actually just recently going through that body of work um and realizing that there's more there than i saw at the time and it would be kind of fun to go back through that and put that together into some sort of book or, or, or include some of that work in, uh, the book that I am heading down there to work on now. So, yeah. um, yeah, but, uh, that, that was kind of, that was that trip that kind of turned me on to, uh, shooting film. And, um, from there it was, you know, uh, I, I think I came back and I was like, okay, I love film, but medium format's expensive. I kind of miss the off the cuff feeling that I could do with digital, at least to a degree. So I bought uh, a 35 millimeter camera and was hoped, I hoped that 35 mil would be a good in between where I could shoot more of it. It was more cost effective. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I fell in love with with black and white 35, Um, shot that for years and I still do. Uh, I'm bringing down with me a few uh, 100 foot rolls of HP5 black and white film. Uh, that I can kind of self-load, uh, and I have my Leica M6, and that camera, I, I, I buy and sell cameras all the time, uh, but my Leica is the camera that I've had the longest. It has stayed with me forever, and yeah. probably will continue to. Um, but this this project, I'm, uh, I am shooting more 4x5 large format, uh, which will be not new to me, but... Um, something I haven't shot extensively in a very long time. So uh-huh. uh, that'll be that'll be a fun challenge, I think. Um, I have to be a lot more intentional about my work. Uh, few cameras are slow. Uh, you need to put them up on a tripod. Uh, the glass isn't fast, so, you know, you have to have your subjects stay still. And, yeah. Um, uh, you know, you, it's, it's hard to harder to approach someone on the side of the road and say, "Hey, can I take your picture real quick?" Because you know, real quick is five minutes at the at the bare minimum. Um, yeah. And these days, getting five minutes out of people is kind of asking quite a bit, you know. Oh yeah, uh, you can you can hardly get someone to look at your picture for longer than two seconds. Exactly. Um, so I was really intimidated by uh, the whole prospect. Um, which by the way, if you're intimidated by something, uh, a lot of the times, as long as it's not gonna, you know, be unsafe, uh, intimidation can be a good, you know, indicator that it's probably something you should try doing, you know, if that's a motivator, exactly. Especially when it comes to artwork, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. if you, if you want to create work that is, you know, pushing at least your boundaries, then you kind of have to acknowledge uh, pay attention to those things that intimidate you and, and mm-hmm. kind of explore why, why, what, what is it about this that intimidates me and, um, and maybe kind of, uh, pursue that a little bit. Uh, so, uh, with that sentiment, I was like, you know, I, I'm intimidated by this and maybe I'll listen to that. And, um, and it's, it's funny, uh, as I've been practicing, uh, shooting with the four by five, uh, for, for, for those, for listeners who aren't aware, uh, it's, 
it's a view camera. It's like a camera that with big, you know, black bellows. Mm -hmm. You have to put a dark cloth over your head when you're looking through it. It looks like you're Ansel Adams in the early 1900s. Exactly. Uh, you know, I don't have a big flash tube on the top of it that you know <laughs> sparks when I take a picture, but it's yeah. pretty much everything, everything but that. Um, but because because it's such an old, interesting looking camera. Um, people are really curious about it. It's actually been way easier than I would have expected. The people, I've uh, a few times here in LA just uh, gone out and, you know, sunset uh, on, let's say, Hollywood Boulevard or something, just making portraits. And people, people will come up to me and ask me, hey, what kind of camera is that? You know, what are you doing? I've had someone stop their car in the middle of the road and yell out to me, hey, what kind of camera is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's cool. You know, people are, it's an icebreaker, which is really sweet. And in a weird way, it kind of validates what you're doing. That's, that's always the question, right? When you, when you ask somebody, Hey, can I make, can I take your picture? Can I make a portrait of you? Um, people are generally fine with having their picture taken, but they want to know what your intentions are. Like, yeah. who are you and what am I to you? You know, yeah. like, are you a creep? Are you uh, <laughs> going to exploit me somehow? Are you going to misrepresent me somehow? Like, what are your intentions? And so, in your hi, I'm Aiden. Can I make a photograph? You you really have uh, a lot to say with a few words. Uh, you got to win people over, and um, the camera is an awesome tool for that because it just you know it, it doesn't look like a camera that okay. So like what we've got the paparazzi camera like a, a, a 5D with a 70 to 200 on it. You know if you stick that in someone's face, people have a much different reaction yeah you could have the same exact intentions but if you stick a big zoom lens in front of someone's face people are going to react differently than with this clunky old film camera um and uh that is a something i didn't expect but a valuable realization um so i'm excited to uh, head down to south america with this thing and uh see if i can get that same uh response from people down there as i have here well, then, what kind of reactions were you getting when you were in Antarctica? Antarctica, yeah. Well, so Dude, I was, those, I was photographing those... mainly penguins. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, those guys, uh, uh, <laughs> a little bit different. But, no, Antarctica is sweet. Uh, I, um, one of the jobs that I got uh, after, you know, d during the time living on the road uh, was uh, with expedition um it's like small expedition tourism ships uh, uh -huh. kind of like small cruise ships i guess but super nice um and a little more rugged um like the, you can like break through ice and stuff with them uh -huh. um uh working on those uh ships doing photo and video work um documenting uh the wildlife and the landscapes uh making kind of like dumbed down uh planet earth movies where instead okay. of having millions of dollars and hundreds of people working on it uh it's just me filming and editing and i have you know the length of each voyage to do it because then i present the video at the end of the voyage so i have like a week to two weeks to make a 20 minute video um, so mm -hmm. really quickly done but uh really a lot of fun um and, and and really sweet to be able to have access to places like uh, alaska antarctica um, and then just recently, uh, Greenland and Iceland up in the yeah. northern Arctic. Uh, I just got back uh, 
a week and a half ago from spending a month up there, um, which, you know, is awesome. It's a, it's a really sweet way of um, getting to parts of the world that I, I never probably would have before. I just I just made a post um, uh, where I made portraits of people in this little tiny town called Apilatuk, which is in Greenland on the side of this giant fjord uh, on the eastern coast where not a lot of people go and not a lot of people live. This is a village of a hundred people, mm -hmm. uh, inaccessible. There's no roads that go to it. So you have to uh, either get there in a helicopter or uh, by boat, um, which, you know, is really sweet and somewhere I can guarantee you I would not have made it uh, without, you know, doing this odd but fun gig and Antarctica yeah. being one of those places and Antarctica is sweet because there is an abundance of wildlife uh, and it comes right up to you, you know, uh, penguins, seals, uh, birds, uh, even whales. Uh, pretty sweet. It's uh, yeah, pretty, a pretty, pretty cool spot. I've, I've been lucky enough to make it down uh, to Antarctica three times. And um, while my girlfriend, uh, well, both my girlfriend and myself don't love having, you know, me having to leave for a month at a time. Yeah. Uh, I do really enjoy um, having the access to uh, this very unique part of the world. Um, so that's been, that's been cool. That's been awesome. And, and has, you know, kind of made me realize that I love, I, I really enjoy photographing animals. I, I never would have considered myself a wildlife photographer. I, yeah. I, I love travel. I love people. I love places. Um, but uh, even when I'm photographing places, landscape never really did it for me. Um, but since going to these wild spots, um, I have absolutely fallen in love with uh, photographing wildlife. I think that it has something to do with uh, coming off the cuff of living here in Los Angeles, where the, the majority uh, of my work, if not ex exclusive, all of my work has been studio portraiture where you have complete control over every mm -hmm. element of the frame including uh, your models that you're photographing um you know you you, you you're directing a, a look you know you're envisioning something from the ground up and you're working with a team of people to realize that that look that vision and that's really fun um but it's nice to switch gears entirely and go out into the wilderness where you have no control over anything and uh, do your best to, uh, you know, tell a story, capture a moment, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is. Uh, and that's, I think, I think that's, that kind of is a, uh, it, it kind of encompasses what I love about photography. Photography is uh, a tool, like I said earlier, that uh, I have for exploring the world. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know anything about penguins. I wouldn't know anything about whales had I not been hired for my photographic skills to document this place, you know, and, and the same goes for Iceland, Greenland. Uh, and that's, that's really sweet. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. every time I'm photographing, maybe not every time, but a lot of the times I'm photographing something that's new to me. Um, and, uh, and then I have to I have to learn about that thing. I have to learn how to light it. I have to learn how it how it looks uh, when it's wet, when it's dry, under certain light, under you know circumstances. I have to know how it's going to move. I have to know how it's going to uh, react to the cold. Whatever you know, everything or every person I'm photographing is different, and 
that's uh, that's just fun, you know. It's it's fun to to always be learning stuff, always be yeah. picking up new new tricks, new new uh, new knowledge, you know. Yeah. So, uh, like, what would be so? Let's just go back to this trip you're about to leave for, and yeah, um, like, what are what are your, some of your goals that you're you're putting on it? You know, what are oh, some your, what are you trying to achieve? Uh, other uh, than fame and riches, stuff. you know, I just <laughs> want to come back and I want to have made it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, <laughs> I uh, I want to photograph another book. Um, I want to. Uh, this is you know again exploration. I'm I'm not going down there with uh, a very defined specific story in mind or mm-hmm. even um, direction. Uh, I really am wanting to uh, remain open to um, to just exploring uh, and seeing kind of I, I have I have ideas I have thematic ideas I guess of uh, different things that I want to focus on different things that pique my interest uh, mm-hmm. and I think that over six months I'll, I'll have the opportunity to try out different things and uh, see as I develop my film kind of what's catching uh, what themes are stronger than others and. Um, what stories are emerging from uh, the work that I'm making uh, and pursue that. Um, but I, I have some, I, you know, I have, I have ideas and I have some things kind of cooking, uh, but really uh, the only things I know for sure is that I want to come back with a body of work that, um, that represents where I am right now in my artistic uh, career, uh, yeah. focusing on the things that are um, of interest to me right now uh, in Latin America. And uh, I think that, I that's uh, I would love to explore different parts of the world. Um, I keep going down to South America, which is great, and I I will probably continue to for the rest of my life. But I would love to uh, kind of use this as a capstone, at least for the moment of my travels down there. Um, mm-hmm. Do something big, and then move on from it for a little while and uh, explore some different parts of this planet uh that we live on and yeah um uh, kind of you know maybe revisit south america down the road um but uh but yeah i don't know um a book is the short answer for sure with with another book so well uh i don't want to take all your time you know i know you're leaving tomorrow and you probably have a lot of extra stuff that you have to do tonight but um, i do i appreciate that no Thank yeah. you. Uh, but it's it's good. We're we're coming along. We're we're uh you know if, if we had to leave tonight we we could make it happen. Uh which yeah. is a good place to be. Um so uh I think we're sitting pretty. But yep, still lots lots of stuff to do. So um I'll well, be uh I'll be posting, I'll be developing, I'll be you know, if people want to follow along, my uh Yeah, I was gonna my say Instagram would probably be the you know, I my website, uh, I've been working on my website, but um, didn't quite get it done. Uh, I, I, I had a format website, and I didn't love it, and I've been paying for it for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, my payment repayment finally came around. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to cancel it, and that's going to motivate me to make a better website. Uh, and I haven't yet, so my website is just currently down, um, which mm-hmm. is, again, uh, super professional of me. Um <laughs> But uh, no, uh, as of right now, Instagram would be the best place to follow along. It's just my name, Aiden.Clemenko. That's A-I-D-A-N period K-L-I-M-E-N-K-O. Um, and I will be yeah, posting uh, posting as I go, you know, uh, which will be uh, 
a fun way for people to follow along as well as a fun way for me to kind of gauge what I've got and yeah. what, what direction that's pushing me in. So. Well, and, and then you were saying that you're having a book coming out soon. Yeah, I was really pushing to have that done uh, before leaving for this trip, uh, but uh, with the uh, shortage of materials and uh, supply chain issues, uh, it just didn't get printed in time. So um, that will be released in April uh, oh, okay. when I come back. Um, I'll have a show for it here in Los Angeles. Awesome. Uh, and that will, yeah, be for sale in April. Uh, so um i'll you know i'll blast the internet about all that when when that time comes so well and yeah and i'm hoping that maybe i can get a hold of you on the road and we can just oh, do a little awesome. follow-up because i would yeah, love to 100%. kind of revisit that. yeah i'll be like oh i had all these dreams what was i thinking this is really what's going on <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah, well, let's, Aiden, let's, let's plan on that thank you Absolutely. And, I uh, dude, your, I, your work's phenomenal, and I was just a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Okay, have a good we'll, night. Uh, we'll, catch up, we'll catch up down the road. See ya. Yeah, sound, sounds great. Okay, bye. See ya. That wraps up another episode of the Fill in the Frame Photography Podcast. Please like and subscribe and even tell a friend. See ya.